Well, if you got your Bible this morning, let's go to Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3. And uh, we're going to be reading from verse 14. It says, For this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family, the whole family, you're part of the family, the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that He'll grant you according to His riches and glory to be strengthened with might in His Spirit in the inner person, that God, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you've been rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend. Now, you've got to get this. You've got to comprehend this. This is the prayer of Paul. He's saying, I'm praying that you'll be able to comprehend with all the saints. So nobody's left out in this one because we're all saints in this room by the finished work of Jesus on the cross. With all the saints, that is the width, what is the width, the length, the depth, and the height, to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge. The love of God is like no other love. You can't comprehend His love in your natural mind. It is beyond that. It passes knowledge. And it says that you may be, let's all say this together, that you may be filled with the fullness of God. Come on, 2020, we're declaring it a year to be full and overflowing. And we pray that you be filled with the fullness of God. Verse 20 says, now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works, where it works in us, in us, to him be the glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. I really believe this year God wants to exceed your asking. He wants to exceed your thinking. He wants to do abundantly above, beyond. Come on, we serve a God of much more. And God wants to fill you with the fullness of God. Now, to unpack that in a series is hard, let alone a sermon. Because our minds are small and we serve a big, we serve a massive God. I, I want Simeon to come and join me uh, on stage right now in Wakash, wherever Wakash is. And uh, this doesn't really do uh, this justice, but how many know Simeon's uh, bigger than Wakash? Simeon is, how tall are you? You are? 6'4". Uh, 6'4", six four. Six four, and Wakash is? 6'1". Uh, 6'1". Six six six, uh, he's 6'1". Um, yeah, in this case, Simeon is God. He is God, and Wakash is you and I. Now, uh, if we compare, yeah, God is much bigger than you and I. He's a lot bigger, so to, to, to fit God in us is like, hey, that, that, that's pretty hard. You know, God is a lot bigger than Simeon. He, he's huge, he's massive, but, but we're, we are like Wakash and, or even smaller but God wants to fill us with His fullness. So how many know if you're filled with God, overflow is going to take place? There's going to be an overflow. There's going to be an overflow in these guys' life. You can take your seat. There's going to be an overflow all around. It's just like you trying to fit it into the clothes that you bought 10 years ago. How many know some of those struggle to fit? It's like you, you put them on and there's overflow uh, that takes place uh, when that happens. Yeah, uh, some of you know what I'm talking about right now. But, but uh, when it comes to it, you know, the love of God is so big. It's hard to comprehend, and our minds are so small. But God, God has more than we can comprehend and think. 
You know, don't ever let small-minded people stop you from believing and praying for the big things that God's got for your life. Come on, God has something big for you in 2020. He wants to work a miracle in your life. He wants to do miracles through your life. And this year, we're declaring as a church, we're going big. In fact, we often use that acronym here at Equippers. And going big simply means, as a church, we need to find a place of belonging. B stands for belonging. In other words, find an E-group. Church is a gathering on a Sunday, but it's so much more than that. It's small groups meeting around the city called E-groups. And that's where you find a place of belonging. I want to say you belong here. Now, welcome to Equippers Church. We already love you. You're loved in this place. You, you belong in this place. But church needs to go beyond belonging and needs to go to a place where we invest, where we take some of the gifts and the talents God's given us and we invest them. Ultimately, people go, oh, I don't feel part of the church. Well, you have ownership over what you invest into. And that's why each and every one of us in 2020, I'm challenging it, you know, is to, for each and every one of us to find a place of service where we take some of the gifts and the graces that God's given us and we use them to build His house. And if we belong and invest, that's going to mean we all grow. And when it comes to being planted in the house of God, the promise of God is that we flourish, that we move forward. Now, this year, I want you to flourish as a family. I want you to flourish in your work. Come on, God wants you to flourish in your health. Every area, He wants you to be fresh and flourishing in Jesus' name. We're going big in 2020. And because and, and, God has fullness on offer, that we be filled with the fullness of God. How do we get filled with the fullness of God? Well, I believe fullness comes from following. You only get full from following. You don't get full from sitting. See, the goal of this message is not to get you to take a giant leap of faith towards your destiny. If my destiny is that speaker stack right now, I could psych myself up. I could really work something up and try and take a leap there. But how many know if I try and do that, I'm probably going to pull a hamstring or or I'm going to do some damage. Now, when it comes to the, the life God has for you, in fact, the Bible describes it as a walk of faith. It's a walk of faith. So the goal of this message is simply to get you to take a step towards God, uh, to take a step towards destiny, to take a step towards fullness. And Jesus said something very simple. He gave two words of instruction to to groups of people that ultimately led to them experiencing the fullness of God. And we find these two words in Matthew chapter 4. So if you got your Bible, let's go to Matthew 4, and we're going to be reading from verse 18. And it says, And Jesus was walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and Andrew, his brother, and they were casting their net into the sea. So what were they doing? They were... Come on, help me out. Casting their net into the sea. They were casting the net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And, and then he said to them, follow me. Two words. That's what he said. Follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. Going from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother. In the boat with Zebedee, their father, they were mending their nets. So, so, so what were Simon and Andrew doing? They were, no, no, that's James and John. They were mending their nets. Simon and Andrew were, they were, 
casting their nets. Uh, what were James and John they were doing? They were... Oh, great to see we're all on the same page and we're reading the same Bible. Yeah, they, they were mending their nets and he called them and immediately they left their boat and their father and they followed him. As a church in 2020, I really believe we need to cast the net. Isn't it interesting? It was Simon Peter who was casting the net. He was casting the net in the natural. Oh, somebody's voice is coming through. Oh, that's our kids' program coming through. That's, uh, uh, we're tuning into our kids' program right now. It's like something's happening right there. Now we know what's happening in kids. Oh, we should put it up on screen too, and then uh, we could really keep an eye on what they're doing down there. By the way, the kids' facilities in this, uh, in this are off the charts. Yeah, just great spaces there. Uh, yeah, as a, Simon, uh, Peter... What did he do on the day of Pentecost? He cast the net. So what he was doing in the natural, through following Jesus, he ended up doing in the spirit. He was casting a net, which brought in 3,000 people. We've got James and John. They were mending their net. Now, now this word mending is the same word that's found in Ephesians chapter 4 that's used for equip. That's where we get our name from as a church, equip as church. It's a Greek word called, uh, I'll say, I hope I get it right, katarizo, katarizo, and, and it simply means to complete. See, many people read to mend the net, they think, well, there's holes, and they obviously need mending, they need fixing, but this word is far more than just fixing something. It means to complete, it means to perfect, to equip. It means to, to make what they ought to be or to fit out or to furnish, to put an order. And, and, and this year, how many know we haven't perfected this thing? Now, we've got a long way to go. I don't care how long you've been following Jesus. We've all got room to grow. And, and so this year, we're going to be katarizo. We're going to be perfected. You know, we're not going to stop at what we did yesterday and think, well, that's, that's good enough. No, no, we're going to move forward. We're going to push forward because God has more. We're going to cast the net, but, but we're also going to mend the net because what good is it if you've got holes in the net and all, all that God brings to you just goes through your life, but it doesn't actually add to your life. But I just want to focus, verse 19, he said, then he said, follow me and I will make you a fisher of men. Uh, uh, when it comes to direction, how many know God's low on details? Uh, two words, follow me. Uh, when it comes to prayer requests, a lot of people you know, come down, and one of the common things they want prayer for is they want, forget that, they want direction. Uh, they want a direction. They want to know, well, what's next for me? What do you have for me? You know, we can have an impression on our spirit as to what he wants to do, where he wants to take us. Uh, but sometimes it's not clear. Uh, I was ministered two years ago by a book by Lauren Cunningham. The title of the book was, Is That Really You, Lord? He launched a global movement that impacted the world just off that phrase. Is that really you, Lord? He wasn't certain, but, but he had an impression in his spirit. And as a result of that, he mobilized thousands of young people with the gospel to go and change their world. Is that really you, Lord? Uh, here Jesus comes along 
and he says to, to Simon Peter and, and Andrew, he says, follow me. Just two words, follow me. Some of us will ask at that point, well, where are we going? And being uh, short on details, Jesus just says, follow. And we're going, how long will it take? And he says, follow me. And then we ask, well, who's coming along on the journey? He goes, follow me. Well, who's going to be there when we get there? Follow me. He notice he, he doesn't say, follow me and I'll take you. He says, follow me and I'll make you. Now, now normally if you're following someone, uh, they're going to take you somewhere. Uh, if you're going to follow a stranger, you want to know where they're going, right? Uh, you, you, before you follow if you're a tour guide, you go, follow me and I'll take you. I'll show you all the good sites of the city. You know, I'll be able to show you around. But here's the deal. Jesus is not your tour guide. For he says, follow me and he doesn't say, I'll take you. He says, follow me and I'll, I'll make you. I'll, I'll form you. I'll construct you into the person that you ought to be. It says, you know, the big thing here is the, the journey is not about where we're going. It's not so much about where we're going as much as who we're becoming. And I want to suggest to you, God is more interested in who you are becoming more than where you're going. You know, a lot of us make goals at the beginning of the year, and we make goals of where we want to go and who we want to meet and, and how we want to progress. I wonder how many of us make goals around who we're becoming. Well, this, uh, this year I want to be a little less anxious uh, this year, I don't want to, you know, just fly off the top. I, I don't want to get angry. I, I was an angry person li uh, l last year. I, I, got, I let things get the better of me. You know, I wonder whether we could make goals around being more peaceful, having more joy. I, I wonder whether we could ma make goals about being more confident. See, many of us make goals around where we want to go, but what about who we want to become? Because I challenge to say if you become the right person, you'll end up in the right places and you'll do the right things. See, following God is not about where you're going. It's, it's about who you're following. That's what it's about, is who you're following. Uh, this is freeing because I don't need to know all the details. We make things so complicated sometimes because here's the deal. Who you're following knows where he's going. So if he knows where you're going, you don't need to worry about the details. You'll get to where you need to go and you'll become who you need to be. Following God, following Jesus is simple. Like if I need to go somebody, somewhere and they know the directions and they just go, oh, follow me in your car. Now, what you need to do is just make sure you have eyes on them. And if they stop, you stop. If they slow down, you slow down. If they turn right, you turn right. You don't go, well, I don't believe in right turns. No, I don't know. No, no, no you, you go, you move. And, and when it comes to following Jesus, you know, God is just saying, follow. You know, we so often overestimate what we can do in a year. And we underestimate what we can do in 10 years. This is the beginning of a new decade. I wonder what the next 10 years is going to behold. You know, here, we can leap to our destiny or we can take a step. Yeah, I, I, I believe, you know, the next 10 years is going to be miraculous, but it's just going to, ha it's going to take place by just taking a step. A step can seem insignificant. 
A, a leap is spectacular. A step is insignificant. But one step after another step after another step after another step you know, is going to cause you to enter into everything that God has for you. You know, you get full by following. You get full by taking a step. See, what one step in the wrong direction is going to lead you over here. But one step in the right direction is going to start you on a pathway that's going to lead over here. One's to life, one's to death. I don't know why I'm saying that side's bad and this side's good, but, you know, I don't know. But, uh, you know, one step in the wrong place is, is actually, it, it, it will chart your course. And I, I love the fact that we serve a God who leads us. And the challenge of, of this message is not to get you to take a leap. It's to take a step. What's your next step? Maybe it's register for the equip course. Maybe it's join an e-group. Maybe it's simply just being a regular attender at church. Maybe today it's starting a Bible reading plan. Uh, to be filled with the fullness of God. You know, get your version app, download the Bible, uh, Bible plan off there, and just being regular at that. Maybe, maybe it's reaching out and sharing with a friend or, or maybe it's getting baptized or maybe it's trusting God with your finances. It can be many different things. But God's saying, just take a step. And guess what? That step will lead to the next step, which then will lead to the next step. And one after that. It seems insignificant at the time, but one step can change your destiny. Uh, I just want to quickly give you three thoughts as to why we can be confident in following Jesus. You ready for this? Okay, we can be confident following Jesus. Number one, because God has a lot on offer. God has a lot on offer that a lot of people aren't accessing. God has a lot. You know, we talk about eternity. That's big. He has that on offer. Here's the deal. If God has it, you want it. Because He doesn't just give us joy. He gives us fullness of joy. And His presence is fullness of joy. You know, many people settle for happiness. Happiness is around ha happenings or, or moments. And people can be happy in moments. God's got something better, deeper for us. And that's joy and fullness of joy. God wants to fill your life. You know, one thing about God is God deals in good stuff. You know, High-end quality stuff, not cheap and nasty. God is the master designer. Yeah, you know, I made a decision in my life. I want everything that God has on offer. If you get to choose a shop to shop at, shop at the God store. Because it comes with the eternal guarantee. You know, some things last year, five years, 10 years, but these things never run out on you. They set you up for here and now, tomorrow, 10 years time, but for eternity as well. Build your life around the Word of God. Build your life around the purpose of God. See, your life can get filled with a whole lot of stuff. You know, our lives can get consumed with work, sport, a whole lot of things. And so much so that God doesn't even get a look in. I found in life, no space remains unoccupied. Just think about your garage. Yeah, your garage is a magnet to stuff. You know, it's never unoccupied. Stuff is just naturally attracted there. It's like the spare room. People's spare room are never spare. There's a whole lot of stuff filled there, and, and, and no spaces remains, uh, remain unoccupied. The question we've got to ask ourselves is are we full of God 
or are we full of it? Somebody or something is filling their space. And, and here's the deal. To be full of God, you've got to create room. That, that means you've got to unplug from some stuff. That, that means you've got to stop doing some things to create space for God to move. I, I really believe God's saying right now, give me some space. If you give me space, I'll come and fill that space. But some of our lives are so cluttered, so filled, that God doesn't even have space to prove himself faithful. In Luke chapter 12, Jesus tells a parable about the rich fool. In fact, we're going to be studying this in our e-group series, the first e-group series uh, this week in our our groups. And if you're not part of a group, I, I challenge you to become part of one. But in this parable, Jesus talks about this guy who's, who's full. He's so full, his barns are full, they're overflowing, so he has to build bigger barns. His bank account's full, his calendar's full with holidays. You know, he's got the stuff that everybody's chasing after today. Full bank account, holidays, possessions. He goes, man, I'm just going to take it easy. And, and, and eat and be merry. That's what I'm going to do. He was full. He was full, but really he was full of it. And Jesus, in the end of this parable, he, he doesn't call him full. He calls him a fool. You fool. You fool. Yeah, yeah. Because all his security was around, around what he saw with his natural eyes rather than his security. He didn't lay up treasure in heaven. Yeah, could we be a fool and not even know it? See, some of us want to be full. I want to be full here, but really, you know, we're going after foolish things. And, and the difference between being full or a fool is what you're filling your life with. Now, how do you know what's in you? Now, I found adversity will often draw out what's in you. Uh, it will do that. Proverbs chapter 24, verse 10 it's a, it's a great verse. It says, if you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. I like how the message version puts it. If you faint when trials come along, there wasn't much of you to begin with. So, so, so adversity is a revealer of what your life is full of. See, if it's just full of stuff, stuff's just going to come out. But if you're full of God in those moments, God's going to come out. What's in you? Because adversity will draw that out. And this year, I, I believe we need to have a reservoir in our life. That when challenges come, you know, where we used to be angry, uptight, anxious, you know, instead of being that, you know, God's going to come out of us. He's going to spill into those situations. Strength is going to come out of us. Peace is going to come out of us. Joy is going to come out of us. Come on, you can be confident following Jesus because God has a lot on offer. There's a lot on offer that many people aren't accessing. Second one, uh, th- reason you can be confident following God is, uh, num- number two, God's not holding out on you. God, God not only can, he, he wants to. He has a lot on offer, but He's not holding back and going, oh, well, you just got to figure out this by yourself. He, he awaits an invitation. Saying, if you just invite me, man, I'm there. I want to act on your behalf. I want to do great things. See, see, God is not a, just a God who can. 
He, he wants to. Many people believe he can. Oh, yeah, he can do whatever. He, he's God. But deep down, they don't believe he wants to. Oh, well, God will do it for them, but not me. No, no God can, and he, and he wants to. King David in the Bible, he got himself into a lot of trouble simply because he took the wrong step. At a time where kings should have gone to battle, to war, he stayed at home. He didn't take a step towards God's purpose. You know, it was just a little bit apathetic. Well, I'll get around to it sometime, but this time I'm just going to stay home. And as a result of staying home, he took a step in the wrong direction. He saw Bathsheba, and we know what that led to. That step opened a door where he ended up committing adultery, committing murder, and losing his son. Talk about big consequences from a wrong step. That's why, you know, each step is really important. You know, Nathan in the end comes to him and, and confronts him on what, what, he, what he's done. And he tells, Nathan tells a story and David ends up responding, who's this guy in the story? And Nathan says, it's you. You're the man. And then Nathan says, he says what God said to him. He said, you know, God's saying to David, he said in 2 Samuel chapter 12, verse 8, it says, I gave you my master's house and I gave you your master's wives into your keeping and I gave you the house of Israel and Judah. And this is God saying to David. And he says, and if that had been too little, I also would have given you much more. This is crazy. You know, God's saying, I gave you this. I gave you that. And if that had been too little, I, wouldn't get, I would have given you much more. But why, David? Why did you have to look outside of me? Why, David, did you have to go outside of my borders and boundaries? See, see, when people get involved in sin, in essence, what they're saying is, God, you're not enough. I need something over here to satisfy me. But what you don't understand is God has more. You know, if what you have right now is too little, you just need to say to God, God, I need you to come through in this area. In fact, James, the book of James, it says, you have not because you ask not. He invites us to ask. And he says, you know, even when you do ask, sometimes you don't have simply because you ask with the wrong motives. Come on, if you can take a step towards God, a step towards kingdom purpose, God's saying, here, man, I'll pour out my blessing. Come on, come on I'm going to work for you. Uh, well, I'm going to work for your favor. Now, in life, we all get hungry. That's true. Some of us are hungry right now. We all get thirsty. Uh, there's... There's a proverb, Proverbs 27, verse, 20, uh, verse 7. I, uh, I highlighted this proverb last year. In verse 7, it, it talks about how a person who is full refuses honey. Or another way of saying that, a person who is full refuses chocolate. Have you ever been so full that you didn't want anything else? It's like, oh, I can't even, and you've got a pavel over there, and you're going like, I can't even, I, I can't even deal with that right now. Now, do you know what hell is? Hell is when you have an appetite and you have no food. It's like, ah, I've got an appetite, no food. Uh, you know, the other way is you've got food, but you've got no appetite. That's also equally hell. Heaven is when food and appetite meet. 
There's no place like that. But when a person is full, when they're full, they refuse honey. They refuse something sweet. But it goes on and says, but bitter food tastes sweet to the hungry. I really believe the challenge this year is to keep hungry. Not, not to be so full. Some people come along on a Sunday and they're so full with a whole lot of other stuff that when it comes to the Word of God, they're not even hungry. For some people, this message is blessing them right now. For others, it's like I'm so full of stuff, full of everything else that I'm not even taking this in. I'm, I'm somewhere else. You, you get what you, you position yourself for. And, and, and hunger draws out. Hunger either makes the bitter sweet. This may not be the most articulate message, but, but if you hear the Spirit of God, you can, God can locate you and He can lift you higher. Come on, you need to develop an appetite for God. Some of us are full. Oh, I'm not enjoying church. Well, you're too full. You need to create space. You need to create room. And if you get hungry, God will come and fill your hunger and He'll come and fill your thirst. Come on, your church experience would just go to a new level. Why? Because you're hungry and you're thirsty. You won't point out what's wrong. In fact, you know, you'll be receiving from everything that God's doing. We can be confident in following God because He has a lot on offer. Number two, He's not a holdout. But number three is lastly, He finishes what He starts. You can be confident of that. If you follow Jesus, you will reach your destination. If you live life by yourself, you could end up anywhere and everywhere. But if you follow Jesus, you will reach your destination. He's the Alpha and the Omega. He's the beginning and the end. And some go, well, that's great, but where is he in the middle? He's the beginning and the end. What God is doing in the middle, he's the beginning and the end. In the middle, he's making us. Follow me and I'll make you. I'll form you. I'll construct you into the person that can handle what I'm wanting to bring your way. See, God can, He wants to, so He makes us, He forms us, He constructs us, He readies us. You weren't ready last year for what God has for you this year, for what He wants to do today. See, what I found is the longer the preparation the bigger the capacity He's forming in you. I'll, I'll say that again. The, the longer the preparation, hey, don't worry, people you know, can be moving ahead, moving forward, so you think. But what God's doing is He's just forming a bigger capacity in you to handle what He's wanting to release. See, it's not hard to fill a little container. We take those communion cups. And some of us are like this right now. It's like we go, God, come and fill my cup. And we go, God, I'm full and I'm overflowing. I'm going, wow. You know, no, that, that's not much. But that's some of us, when it comes to God, this is all we're asking for. This is all we're believing for. We're not believing for anything big. And we're going, God, God, come fill my cup. And he's like a waterfall. There's water coming over all the time. You know, our challenge is, is to get a bigger container because God has more on offer then we're accessing. He's not holding out on us, but He's forming and He's shaping us right now. Man, time goes fast. Uh, Kathy and I just oh, woke up. Flip, we've got an 18-year-old now who's finished school, going to university this year. Uh, this week, we, we had a game-changing conversation with our 18-year-old. 
It's game changing. I don't know if it's for her or for us, but um, we said, apart from your bed and food in the house, you're now paying your own way. Wow. Game changing. That means your clothes, your car, university fees, entertainment. It's on you. Hey. It's on you. We're cutting the cord. You're 18 now. You've got to create your own capacity. You know, we're not taking everything from one pool. You've got to get your own pool. There's no dipping your cup in our pool anymore. No more dipping. She has to get her own pool. She has to dig her own well. There's got to come a point in all of our lives where we stop going to other people and we start digging our own well. Yeah, there's, I want to say today, there's a well within you. The resource of God is in you. It's not outside of you. It's not in someone else. I like the old song, spring up, O well. There's a river of life flowing out from me, makes the lame to walk and the blind to see. And then it goes on, spring up, O well. Spring up, O well. There's a well, it's inside of you. See, as long as she's drawing from our well, she won't actually dig and find a well within her. See, see, we don't want to just get full borrowing somebody else's stuff. Some of us have been around church long enough, and you've been borrowing somebody else's faith. It's time to get your own faith. It's time to press into the Word of God for yourself. Come on, we're not just talking about getting full, borrowing somebody else's stuff. Overflow occurs when we tap into an undiscovered source. That's when overflow, and I'm here to tell you, here's the good news. The source is not outside you. The source is in you. That's why Jesus shouted. He shouted. He cried out. In John chapter 7, he wanted everybody to know. He cried out. He says, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me. Come to me and drink. Because he who believes in me, as the Scriptures have said, out of his heart, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Out of his heart, out of the innermost being of a person. That, that's where you're going to find life. That's where you're going to find freedom. Come on, if everybody tapped into that, that source, how I many know things would ha- be happening all over the place? This year, I'm believing for filled buildings up and down our nation. I believe there's going to be an overflow of miracles in this place. You know, we're not waiting on one or two people to pray. Come on, we're all praying. We're all believing. We're all tapping into God. We're all reading our word. So many people are feeding themselves with wrong stuff. And it's like they wonder why they don't find God in moments that they need Him. Fill Fill yourself with the word of God. You fill yourself with the word of God. You know, at the moment, you know, you don't need it. But, you know, what the Holy Spirit, one of the roles of the Holy Spirit is to recall. That's what he does. At the time, you're filling yourself, you're going, what's this all for? And it it doesn't make sense at the time, but God says, just take a step. You know, go to e-group. Oh, I don't feel like, do I really need to? No, take a step. You don't know what it's for at the time. But what the Holy Spirit does at a later time is he goes through the files of your mind. And he takes those experiences and he takes the words that you filled yourself with. And he says, that's for this time. But how many know if there's nothing in those files, you have nothing to draw from. But if you're filled with the Word of God and the promise of God, you know, you can access those at given moments. 
A lot of people end up bankrupt because they haven't filled their life with good things. Come on, this year, let's determine in our heart, we're going to take a step towards God, a step towards purpose. We're not going to wait for it to come and smack us around the face because that's not how it works. God says, hey, here's what i got on offer. Follow me. I need more details. Follow. Oh, where are we going? Follow. I'll get you there. That dream you have in your heart. If you delight in me, I'll come and give you the desires of your heart. I'll work it out. And, and here's the deal. I won't just do it at the level of your expectation. I'll go above and beyond. I'll surpass your expectation. If you just follow, follow me and I'll make you. Let's not follow me and I'll take you. Follow me and I'll make you. I'll form you. I'll construct you into the person that can handle what I'm wanting to release into your life. What's your next step? Because today, we can take a step. And if we determine every day we're alive, we're just going to take another step. I believe we'll find ourselves in wide open spaces. God has a wide open space for you to live in. You know, He has a land of promise, a land of blessing. Come on, you're blessed and favored of God, but it requires you to take a step. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, you need to take a step question is, what's your next step? What's your next step?